were able to present the gospel to over 60,000 students before the festival started. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them came to know Jesus. That has nothing to do with me. I wasn't even there. But that's how God used the team. And so as, as our supporting church, thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. Do you know, those of you that haven't been 30 plus years in this fellowship, this church has supported us for 30 plus years. We went as missionaries when we had three girls, not four girls, three girls, and went to Brazil. This church supported us. Then we came back and we had a position in Wheaton, Illinois. This church supported us. And then we started this ministry and like 99% of the churches that supported us when we were with uh, this certain group, and, uh, and they all dropped us. And so I called Pastor Bob and I said to Pastor Bob in those days, I said, are you, go are you folks going to stay with us also? He said, well, that depends on you. Do you still use the Bible? Yes, sir. Do you still love Jesus? Yes, sir. Is life all about Jesus or is it about you? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Okay, then I don't see a reason why we would want to ever stop supporting you. So from that day to this, this fellowship, those, those, that fruit that you see, those pictures that you see, that, that is your fruit. That's the impact and the reach of this fellowship in other countries of the world. So uh, for that, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, I don't think we'll show the slides. We really don't need to show uh, any more slides because we got to see some, we got to see some great ones here. So, um, so I just wanted to say thank you. So bump the person next to you and, and go like this. You matter. Just say that. You matter. I just want you to know that because it's so true. You're mad. You matter. You matter. You matter. It's so true. I just want you to know that. Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to 2 Samuel 15. 2 Samuel 15. So, church, I just want you to know, at, at this time in our, in our lives, you are, you are catching us at a, at a highly emotional time right now. Um, because um, 18 months ago yesterday, we lost two twins at birth. Uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, 18 months ago, did I say that correctly? Uh, two, turn, two twins. So we have, we've got seven grandbabies. Uh, two are in heaven and five are with us. Uh, we, we, uh, and we're most blessed, but we just have been reminded of that because it's another anniversary date. Do you know how that is? And then we just had a few, we had two uh, family funeral this week twice, once on Tuesday in Bend, and then just got home last night from doing the burial service and, uh, and graveside, etc., in Redding, uh, California, south of Redding, and so we just got back last night from that. And then coming here and pulling into the parking lot, I don't know what you all saw, but I saw an old circus tent out there because 30 years ago, uh, I did evangelistic services out here in the parking lot 30 plus years ago. Uh, it was at that time that our oldest daughter, honey, just wave your hand. I can't tell you how old she is, but she's 37 now. And, and when she was seven, she was at someone's home. I, I even forgot the home. And somebody was chasing her. It could have it been Joe Zachary. I don't know. But, uh, but somebody was chasing her. All I remember is she was looking back behind like this and laughing, you know. And we were at somebody's home 
for an evening meal or something, a barbecue. The weather was nice, you know, because we had the tent out there. And I mean, she was going like this, and the awning came down low. Bam! I mean, she cracked her head so hard. It put her down on her back. Blood was flowing. Had to leave and go get stitches. Is that person here by any chance? Oh, it was you guys? It was you guys? It was your home? Lawsuit. You know, lawsuit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, she still, listen, she still carries the scar with pride. She carries the scar with pride. Uh, Yeah, Madras, with with this oldest daughter, it's like, Madras, Oregon, something California, something Chicago, something. Yes, you. <laughs> so, um, so we just have so many emotions. We, we, uh, we literally have gone back so far with the Zachary family. It's family to us. They've adopted us as family. And so we are most blessed and most grace, grateful to be able to be here um, with all of you today. So we want you to know that. If there's one take-home that you would just take and put in your pocket to be able to take home of what I would like to share with you today, it's just simply one principle, one little thing, and that is simply this. The people you're sitting next to, you matter to them. I just want you to know that. People matter. The people sitting next to you, you matter to those people. And so I just want to remind you all of that. I'd like to give you a biblical example of that. I'd like to share with you all today that you matter in our lives. We have carried the blessing and the support and the prayer of your fellowship for a lot of years, and for that we're most grateful. So if you have your Bible and if you're there or would like to go to 2 Samuel, I would like to speak with you today about 2 Samuel 15, 2 Samuel 15. And of course, we're talking about David, King David. And of course, with King David, you'll remember that his life was like ours. His life was like this, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. King David had some very good days. King David had some very bad days. Sound familiar? It's just like our lives. And so I'd like to speak to you today about some things in King David's life. I'd like to give you a couple of principles that were true not only for King David, but they've been true in our lives. They've been true in your lives. Know it or not, they're true in your lives. And one of those things that we see in this particular chapter, 2 Samuel 15, is this, is is, um, rules without relationship leads to rebellion when it comes to your kids. Rules without relationships leads to rebellion with your kids. So you got to build those relationships. You got to spend the time to build those relationships because rules without deep quality relationship, it leads to rebellion in children. I've seen it in my own life. You've seen it in yours. It truly happened with King David and with his children. So we remember that. In uh, This was Absalom's rebellion. If you'll remember, after this, Absalom, Uh, He bought a chariot and he hired some horses and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. And he got up early in the morning and he went out to the gate of the city uh, and he said, when the people brought a case to the king, now that's not him, he's the prince, he's the king's son. But watch this, he wanted to be king. So he began orchestrating and organizing and conniving a way to take over the kingship from daddy. So when people brought a case to the king, that was King David for judgment, Absalom, his son, would ask, 
where in Israel they were from. And they would tell him what their tribe was. And then Absalom would say, and I quote, you've really got a strong case here, okay? In Spanish, you know what we would say? Mentira, liar, liar, mentira. You see, because Absalom wasn't concerned, the real reason why Absalom made that comment, oh, you've got a really good case here. It wasn't because he cared about that person. It wasn't because he cared about their, their particular judgment or case. He wanted to be king. He was what we now know this word. Absalom in these days, he was politicking for a position. And when people, I think if this country has ever learned anything, we have got it clear now. When people politic for a position, they will do anything and say anything for a vote. Amen? Amen. So we're not the first civilization to do that. Absalom did the very same thing here. So people would come and say, you know, I've, I've got this problem. And Absalom would say, wow, it's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. Implication is, oh, now what do I do? Absalom then would say, I wish I were the judge and the king. If I were the judge and the king, I would politicking. Then everybody could bring their case to me for judgment, and I would give them justice. Sometimes people say, and it's, and it's actually, it's the role of the evangelist to go into another, or, and the missionary to go into another culture, and to be able to let people realize that this old book is still relevant in, in our lives today and in culture today. So what we see going on here in 2 Samuel 15, what we see going on under the surface, under the surface, we see what we see going on <coughs> excuse me is betrayal disloyalty deception duplicity so i ask myself the question i want to ask you today is the bible still relevant i mean when you hear words like betrayal disloyalty deception and duplicity coming right out of the scripture in this old testament book the question is is god's word still relevant and the answer is yes 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 more than ever before so I just want you to know that. Wow, I like it. I'm going to come over on this side of the room. <laughs> and when people tried to bow down to him, Absalom wouldn't let him. Now watch this. He wanted them to, but he didn't want it to look like he wanted them to. Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand. Bless his heart. He took him by the hand because he was politicking for a vote. And he lifted him up and he kissed them. Verse 6, Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so, watch this, he accomplished his purpose of betrayal, disloyalty, deception, and, dis and, and duplicity because the scripture said, and so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. So he was able to do exactly what he set out to do. Drop down to verse 9 or verse 10. But while he was there, he sent a secret he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against a king. Here's what this is what the son is doing to the father. 
Soon many others joined Absalom, and the conspiracy, verse 12, and the conspiracy gained momentum. Guess what another principle of life is, and that is this. Parents and grandparents, think about this one. What we do as adults, parents, grandparents, what we do, watch this, what we do, it was true for David, it's true for me, it's true for you, and the Bible uncovered it first. What we do in moderation, our children and those closest to us will do in excess. Think about David's life. Think about David's life. What we do in moderation, our children will do in excess. Our children will do that in excess. I just apologized to one of my son-in-laws this morning. I apologized to him for something. Because then it, it just it hit me last night. What we do in moderation... Our children are going to do in excess. And I've seen it in my life. I've seen it here, and so have you. If we were honest with each other, so would you. Verse 13, and a messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, quote, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. Well, the, the entire chapter is absolutely fabulous, but here's what I want us to know. In life and in missions, every person needs great friends. Why is that? Church, we can't do missions alone. It takes people. That's why I wanted to begin by saying people matter. Missions doesn't happen without people. Ministry doesn't happen without people. Every life is important. Every, listen, picture a long strand of dominoes. You know how we used to set them up, and then we got to, we'd make all these designs, and we got to the point where we got to just tip one. One domino affected the next one, affected the next one. Effect, true or false? The principle is this. People like you matter. You have the capacity to be able to impact another life. So I just want to remind you of that. Every person needs great friends. And coming out of the woodwork were several individuals who surrounded David with support. And I thought to myself, just like you have supported us. And so we wanted to come today to say thank you. So let's find out who they were and what they did to lift the king back on his feet. Because King David had an unbelievable roller coaster of, of a career and of a personal life. Did he not? Just like all of us. And it was friends, people that mattered, that lifted him back up so that he could do the job that he was called to do. I just want you to know, I, I did a little research and I found out uh, in the scripture that as we think about the scripture, there are at least a hundred different references to friends, quality friends in the scripture. A hundred times the scripture will talk about friendship. Of course, one of, one of the most famous ones is the, the love relationship, friendship between King Saul's son, Jonathan, and the not yet king, David. And so we all know about their friendship. 100 times the scripture talks about that. So I want to pull some principles for us to remind us about that today. Here's number one. People are essential in your life, not optional. 
People are essential in our lives. Why would people be essential in our lives, church? Because people matter. Can you say that with me out loud? One, two, three. People matter. That's why they're essential in our, in our lives. You know what friends do? Friends, true or false, friends make burdens more bearable. True or false? Isn't that the truth? That's why I had you to look at the person next to you and say, you matter to me. Because people matter. Friends, friends, great friends make burdens more bearable. Here's number two. Relationships must be cultivated. Watch this. They're not automatic. They must be cultivated. Friendships, listen, I've often said, you know, my little crystal is a third of seven multi-generational Oregon farm girl. I've learned more about the gospel from her than I ever learned in Bible, in Bible college and seminary. Don't tell your kids that, but I've learned more about the Bible and these principles than I ever did in seminary. In seminary, I got book, 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 book information. But you, you live your life long enough and you, and, you, and you find out real quick that you do your ministry out of your heart. When the Holy Spirit pours into you, then you're living that out in front of other people. And that's where ministry takes place. Listen, I found out that in farming, you, you don't just throw seed out there. It's got to be cultivated. And it's got to be protected and sprayed. It's got to be fertilized. It's got to be watered. And then after the farmer has done everything that they've done, there comes a time in every farmer's life, after you have dropped the seed and you've tilled it in and you've covered it up, you've fertilized it, you've protected it, you've done everything that you can. In every farmer's life, you do this. Okay, now I got to let, whether I like it or not, I got to let God be God underneath that soil. I got to back off, true or false. And that's how it is in our Christian lives. So in friendships, listen, relationships must be cultivated. It's not automatic. Here's the third one. People impact our lives. One of my favorite little verses in that obscure book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4 and verse 9. Anybody know what that verse says? Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. Here's what the verse says. The verse says, two are better, talking about relationships and people and friendships, two are better than one. Why? I ask myself the question when I read that passage, Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9, um, two are better than one. I ask, why? And the scripture gives the answer, because there is a greater return on their work. Do you see how we're able to reach more people together than any one of us could do by ourselves? You see, why? two are better than one. Why? Because we have a greater return on our investment. Here's, here's the last one. Friends come in three classifications. I don't know who said this. I'm not smart enough to come up with it. Somebody did, and I adopted it as my own a long time ago, and I found it true. Friends come in three classifications. God gives everyone, men, every one of you, women, every one of you, God gives us friends for three reasons. He gives us friends for a reason. He gives us friends for a season. Or he gives us some people, if you're fortunate enough to have this, he gives us sometimes we get friends for a lifetime. A reason? Think about your life. Think about your life. A reason? I'm thinking about the people that I know at this fellowship. I mean, I'm thinking about the people that I know in this fellowship 
from old Jim. What was his name? He was the worship leader when I was here for the tent meeting. He had a big beard, big son, Jim. And he and had a son here. Jim had a big beard. I forgot his name. He was here for a short time. Jim was here. Slavens, remember the Slavens? Remember the Slavens? I'm thinking about all these people. Listen, think about your life. God will bring people into your life for a reason, for a season, for a lifetime. And we've lived long enough to have all three in this fellowship. Reason, season, lifetime. I just thought another thing, Patty, about him. This guy, Jim, he came to Madras from Pastor Blue's church in Reading. Jim, remember that guy? Stocky guy, Jim? Yeah, anyway, he was the worship leader during the tent, tent meeting times. Okay, so when we look back over King David's life, in our own life, we can identify three kinds of needs, or uh, at, least, at least three kinds of needs that he had. I just want to talk quickly to, with you about two. David, because of some great times, but then he had difficult times. David had personal needs. And when David had personal needs, because he wrestled with many things, heavy guilt, adultery, murder, remember that? A hypocritical lifestyle. It was friends that came into his life for a reason. Some were there for a season. Some of David's friends were with him for a lifetime. God used those people. And just like God used Lori and God used Dana in Peru, God wants to use, and as Pastor Jeff said last week, let's be intentional. God wants to use you in the very same way in your own world. So David had friends that stepped in because of some personal needs, but he also had some domestic needs, did he not? Every Bible student will know that his home was shattered, man, when it comes to King David. His home was shattered. His rebellious son raped his sister. Remember that? Another son led a coup, a, coup, a hostile takeover. That was Absalom, uh, to take over his throne. David had lost touch with his family. What was the thing that brought him back on track, church? Friends. People. Why do I say that? Why do I keep saying that? Because people matter. Now bump the person next to you and say this. He's looking at you. People matter. Bump the person next to you and say, he's looking at you. Do you know why? Because you matter. You matter. If ever a man needed genuine friends to support him and comfort him, King David did. You know why he did? Because of of just life. Because life so often is like this, and and we need people when we're here to keep the right perspective, to realize, as Lori shared when, when she was sharing, look, all this great thing that we see that has nothing to do with us, it is his work and his work alone. 39, we've only been married 39 years, but in 39 years... Uh, we claimed the verse when we began, 2 Corinthians 3.5, not that we're sufficient of ourself to ever, ever think anything of ourselves, but all of our sufficiency is of him. It's a good reminder for us. So let me just talk to you real quickly. Let's just do a little Bible study. If you're still there in 2 Samuel 15, let let me give you just a couple of names of a couple of people. Watch this. For some of us, there are going to be no names. It's like, well, I didn't know that about those people. 
And the answer is, it's here in the book. And even though they may be unfamiliar, quote, no names to us, David would have been done with his life much earlier if it were not for these individuals. Here's the first one. 2 Samuel 15 and verse 19, the individual's name is Ittai, okay? 2 Samuel 15 and verse 15, we are with you, his advisors replied to David. What do you think is best? So the king and all of his household set out at once. Remember what happened was David was so afraid that his son Absalom was going to take over. He gathered his bodyguard of people and anybody that wanted to go from the palace. He left 10, the Bible says 10 concubines were left to take care of the palace, but everybody else fled to the wilderness to, be, to save their lives. So verse 15 starts to talk about that. There were 600 men from Gath who had come with David along with, his, uh, along with the king's bodyguard. Verse 19, then the king turned and said to Ittai, a leader of the men of Gath, why are you coming with us? Go back to, the, to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel and a foreigner in exile. You only arrived recently. Should I force you today to wander with us? I don't know where we'll go. So Ittai says in verse 21, he said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your life, I will go with you wherever you go. Wherever, the Lord, uh, wherever my Lord the king goes, no matter what, I am with you. People matter. There's an example. Here's the next one, verse 24. In verse 24, there's a, there's a couple of names that are listed, and these individuals were priests. Zadok, don't you love that name? Zadok. Man, when my wife lets me get a dog, I want to call him Zadok. Zadok, come here, buddy. Come on, buddy. Yeah, come to daddy. Good to see you. Zadok. And so Zadok was a priest. Abiathar was a priest. And so David asked his two priests, his friends, he said, I would like you to take the Ark of the Covenant, which they had brought with them to flee for their lives. David said, I, you know what? I want you to take this Ark. I want you to put it back in Jerusalem, back, back where it belongs. And the, and the guys did it. So what's so significant about that? You know what? People matter. Good friends matter. And they were willing to do whatever it took to be able to help the king. Here's the third one. Hushai. That'd be a good name too, Hushai. Sometimes I, my, my wife doesn't speak Arabic, but if she did, I, I almost feel like I've heard her say to me before, Michael, hush, I, hush, I. This man came to David, look at verse 32. When David reached the summit of the Mount of Olives where people worshiped, uh, worship God, Hushai, the archite, was waiting there for him. Hushai tore his robes. I mean, he just, this man came to, da da um, to David bearing marks of his compassion. Without even questioning the king, he just said, King, just tell me what you want me to do. And David said, I want you to do reconnaissance for me. I'm going to deploy you to go to the camp of, of Absalom, and I want you to listen what he's planning to do as it relates to me and then come back and give me a report. It was a reconnaissance mission. And, and Hushai said, I will do it. Look at the next one, verse 27. Verse 27, 28, 29, there's three individuals. Shobi, Macher, and Barzillai. Sensitive, in verse 27, 28, 29, sensitive that David and his team had needs. They came to their aid. They came to their aid. Look at verse 29. 
Verse 29, so Zadok and Abiathar took the ark of God back to the city and they stayed there. And David walked up the road of Mount of Olives weeping as he went and his head was covered with, uh, and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. Verse 31, when someone told David that his advisor uh, Ahithophel was now back with Absalom, David prayed, oh Lord, let, God give, let, let him give Absalom foolish advice. And when David reached the summit of Mount Olives, where the people worship God, Hushai the archite was waiting there, uh, was just waiting there for him. So David's friend Hushai returned to Jerusalem, verse 37, returned to Jerusalem, getting there just as Absalom had arrived. And they provided all of the things that he had needed. You see, people matter, church. You matter. You have mattered to us you matter to the people you're sitting next to. And the point of the message today is just simply this. Thank you. Thank you for mattering to the people in your life. Thank you for mattering to us. You see, people came prepared as you research the passage. People came prepared to meet their physical needs. Because as they rushed out of the capital, rushed out of Jerusalem, rushed out of the palace, they went so quickly. When they got to the place where they were headed, they had needs, physical needs. And you know, some of David's friends, they met those needs without even a request. And I wrote here in my notes, the people that met the needs for David and his people, I wrote here in my note, wow, their descendants are in this fellowship today. Their descendants meeting needs, their fellowship, their descendants are in this fellowship today. Joab was another one. Let me close. It's time. Where's my worship lady? It's time. Yeah. She told me, make sure you give me enough time. I got to run downstairs. I got to go to the worship lady. I got to get her up here because she's doing a lot of things. So now's the time. (laughs) There they go. There they go. I'm just surprised I remembered. Joab told the king this. Remember when Absalom finally died, Joab was that last domino that did to the king what he desperately needed. Do you remember, if you refresh yourself in this passage, David, when his son Absalom, who tried to covertly take over, to plan a coup and take over the kingdom, when Absalom died, David went berserk. Do you remember that? And it was his friend, his longtime friend for a reason, season, lifetime, Joab, went to him and said this, King, just because your son is gone, watch this, message translation, stop killing everyone around you with your grief, period. People need you. People need you. And I hope you hear that today. You see, the Lord worked through people who mattered in David's life. Church, you've mattered in our life and now our family's lives. So just as the Lord worked through people who mattered in David's life, we wanted to come today as a family and say thank you for being people who matter. People who matter to us. We just wanted to say thank you. Would you stand and pray with me, please?